The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Welcome to our show. Today, I'm getting to get right into it because we got a lot to talk about Are we going to say Marissa. what our show is even called? People might, people might not know. Well, the show introduced the, the that oh, gentleman with true. the great voice this said, this is Conversations with Money. Well, welcome to our show, Conversations with Money. Our show is about tearing <laughs> apart our beliefs and to really look at how we limit ourselves in building wealth. How's that? That sounds great. I appreciate the intro. Well, Just in case people are listening in for the first time the and first, they fast forward through the intro and then they get right to us in excitement and they miss the title. Right. Well, that does happen. It does happen. Good to see you, Marissa. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> well, the reason why I got excited and yes. wanted to jump right into it is because today we have a lot to talk about. You're passionate about the topic. I am. I can appreciate that. I'm, I'm passionate about every topic that every single week that we talk about. Last week we had Dave and Sarah Robertson from the Dirty Apron. Yeah, that was fun. And they talked about their experiences building a business and having a family at the same time. But today it's we're getting down to the grassroots level. We're getting to the very beginning of how you can build wealth. And so that's why for me it's exciting because we've talked about we've had great guests, we've talked about great topics. But how about starting from the very beginning in building a rainy day fund? Yeah, and I think this is really applicable to everybody. You know, I think there's a lot of people who go through the, oh, I'm not there yet. I still have debt or I still have that. I'm not in a savings mode yet. I'm spending everything I earn. There's a lot of, uh, I don't have any money left over. So I'll do it when I start making more money. And then they make more money and then they don't do it. And we just keep spending more money as we make more money. And somehow it becomes mid-30s, mid-40s, mid-50s. And, and we're still in the same rat race and not saving towards that, as you called, rainy day fund. Or Why do we even call it a rainy day fund? I'm not completely sure I understand that. It's not like if it rains, we don't work. We live in Vancouver and um, we work when it rains. So can you, is there, why the rainy day fund? Well, thank you for sharing with the world that <laughs> Vancouver does rain. Not that we need that reputation uh, reinforced, but actually, this is no. But can you imagine if summer. we needed a backup money for every time it rained? <laughs> <laughs> well, in Vancouver, I think it rains what two hundred days of the year. Yes, I'm we sure should we'll probably get some people writing in with the actual facts, but we'll just say it's about that. It's a lot. So, we well, should, great question. Yeah. Why is it called a rainy day fund? Yeah. Do well, people not work when it rains? Well, I think Marissa, uh, Melissa is. Uh, Actually, checking it out for us okay. to see. Okay. Oh, you got it. <laughs> so, is that a silly question to ask? Live? I think it's a great question. I, okay, before you actually 
uh, bring it up with what Melissa researched there. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to mm-hmm. take a stab at it. I think that when, when it does rain, uh, you can have your, your roof can be flooded or it could be floods or it could be cause a lot of damage. And with oh, that's that, so interesting. are you prepared? I don't go there at all. Are you prepared to actually take care of yourself uh, and you have the resources to, because it may not be money wise, mm-hmm. but you have the resources to take care of fixing whatever it needs to be fixed. Hmm. So it's like, do you have the money? It's about, obviously, like we know metaphorically what well, not, it represents not money, just, in just terms resources. Of, of, of a backup plan. Could be timber or, or lumber for a fence mm-hmm. or to fix a roof. Yeah, it's so funny. My head doesn't go there at all. My head goes to, uh, in terms of, is there money there to fix the fund? My head goes towards like, uh, you know, if... If it's rainy, I always just assumed if it's rainy, then it's like a dark, no work day or something. That's where I go, rainy day fund. I don't know, like on a bad, crappy day where we just don't have work. What do you have to fill in that void? Well, here's a modern definition. A rainy day fund or rainy day reserve is a reserved amount of money to be used in times when regular income is disrupted or decreased. Or decreased. So, yeah, interesting. So, I mean, that doesn't really answer where the rainy idea comes from, but I get it. That's what it Well, thanks, means. Melissa. Maybe you could dig a little bit deeper. Maybe go further back. I, I still back. am go curious. Go as far back. Where did we start calling it? It's funny. When you and I started working together, I remember you started calling it an opportunity fund uh, rather than a rainy day fund. I just don't like to be negative. Mm-hmm. And a rainy day fund, for me, my experience or growing up, it's, it's just been negative connotation around it. Right. So I I like to well, I think that's call where it, it comes an opportunity from. fund. An opportunity fund where it can be used for emergencies. And what, what's an emergency? Emergency, break, a car breaks down or unexpected illness mm-hmm. or temporary job loss or your dog needs liposuction. Do- dog needs liposuction? Why did you I throw that in? Did you just see well, if I was paying attention? I just, was I just see if I was paying attention? Right past that. <laughs> I can see you're, you're ready to You to know how I that. feel about dog expenses. Not that there's anything wrong with dog expenses, <laughs> but dog, dog liposuction. Well, you get the point. So so they're, they're expenses You haven't that actually ever heard. Somebody's never said that, has they? Oh, I saw, I saw the reference oh. some, somewhere. Okay. I just had to throw that in. Yeah. Nice one. And see you were. Listening. I was paying attention. I appreciate that. Uh, well, it took a split second. A split second. But you did, you did catch it. <clears throat> but an opportunity fund is one where you are presented with an opportunity to invest or start up a business or someone comes to you and says, hey, if you have X amount, we can invest that money and we can potentially try to produce a return. So I like to look at it as both, rainy day slash opportunity fund. 100% agree. But here's the thing. We've been doing this for years. We sit down with people all the time, all ages. You ask them if they have this opportunity fund. A lot of people call it an emergency fund, rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it. Regardless, it's the same concept. How many people do you find, like percentage-wise, if you had to do a quick overview, uh, what would you say is the percentage that says, yes, I've got it in place and I feel good about that? I have three to six months of income set aside in a safe place that if I need it, if something happens, if it rains, my house, whatever that, you know, situations we talk about, I lose my income or my job. uh, What would you say is the percentage of people that say, yes, confidently, they've got that set up? Well, in 16 years in advising and working with people, and I have come across thousands of people over those 16 years, I say out of every 10 people that I meet, one person. Oh, wow. 
I was going to say like three or four. Well, my experience has been about one out of every 10. Okay, so about 10%. I'm saying about 30% potentially. Mm-hmm. But let's say average, maybe 20. I mean, I'd be interesting to know. I, I, I think you're being optimistic. 20%. I think you're being optimistic. 20% is such a high percentage. Um, <clears throat> people just don't are, aren't trained. Yeah. I, how many people have we come across that are in their 40s or 50s that don't have a retirement account? Or, or buckets of assets that allow them to be able to not work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how many? What did you say? Not many, right? Right. <clears throat> and so, so to ask somebody to actually have a, a rainy day opportunity fund that's Funny, just sitting just, aside. Not, not that I like being right, but just so you know, on a quick Google search, 38% of Americans do have a rainy day fund set aside and 60 you asked for my experience. Can't cover on No, I know. I'm just joking. I just wanted to say I was right. <laughs> it's my... Hey, Mrs. <laughs> st- statistic here. <laughs> Look, okay, so say it again. Well, 38% approximately do have some money set aside, potentially, in North, in, in, in Is North this America. Is this current statistics, current yeah, but numbers? I mean, it, it was this be. pre-financial crisis or after? Because that actually after. a lot of people in the U.S. now Mm-hmm. actually have increased their savings. And even with the decrease with the price of oil or um, cost of goods coming down, mm-hmm. what they thought would happen was that that would actually get the economy going even further mm-hmm. and expand further. But they, something's happened that they didn't expect. People actually have been paying down debt. Why is that? I think people got freaked out. In 2008, the world was on the verge of financial collapse. The world has become so connected that the the, the amount of money that flows throughout the global system is is massive. And and this show isn't to talk about that. But I think it freaked out a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You had people that actually had to walk away from from houses. And actually, I remember watching two years ago a show, a a Canadian um, producer and... um, uh, crew went down to the U.S. and started to, to interview people, and they found people that were actually living in their car, living in their car, still working, but the income that they were producing wasn't enough for them to pay for rent wow. or to own a place. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting effect uh, that the financial crisis is in that way. I, it could go two ways, obviously. I mean, well, it could go three, really. One is nothing changes. People continue with the same behaviors. One, you know, another alternative is people uh, people go worse into debt and they just say with the screw it mentality, you know, with the whole like, eh, whatever, and they just keep doing the behavior. Or the alternative, which sounds to be how pe- many people have responded, is to change their behavior. Which is which makes sense because we know that when times get really difficult, that's you know those are the times when we change our behavior. So it had to hit the point of an almost financial crisis for people to actually take action and implement the necessary behaviors to live life differently. <laughs> and because there's always a consequence, and that was quite a severe consequence. Right. So what are things? This is what this is what I mean. I'm excited to talk about today. Is what are things that we can do? to implement right away without needing a financial crisis under our butts to fire to get us in action. You know what I mean? Great. Great point. Great question. I'm going to tell you. You're going to tell me. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm ready. <laughs> so today's show, yeah. we're going to discuss six ways that can help you, me, everybody 
to start building the rainy day fund slash opportunity fund. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I feel, I feel. Are uh, you ready? I'm ready. I want you to yell, show uh, me the money. No, I'm not yelling that. <laughs> I am not yelling that. <laughs> Melissa's smirking. She's like, yell it. <laughs> I'm not yelling. Right, Melissa? But, yes. But, but. Why do you think – I just want to go back to something for a second. You sure? Because I'm ready to start with tip number one. Well, I just want to – let me just talk it's for another one. quick second and it's then we good. can jump into one. All right. Okay. Why do you think people aren't doing it yet? Like what – you know, and I know you, there's been some response from financial disaster where people do start implementing afterwards. But why do we need that to, for us to implement it? What is going on that we're not doing it? Why do we meet with nine out of ten people that that don't choose to do it, but you know that they're going out there buying that you know fancy juice, driving the fancy car, eating out all the time? As you look at my juice, I made that juice at home. Right, that's right. <laughs> and right. I packaged it in a you did in a crocodile pear jar. Um, oh, don't give free advertising. Free advertising for crocodile pear, my favorite juice. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but but. So why and you see all those people out there doing that and they say they don't have, you know, fifty dollars. Well we to talked set about aside. it in previous episodes. I think it was in their first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're interested, go back to those and you can listen to them. But we, we talked about <laughs> good plug. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the, the the reason why people don't put money aside. We live for today. Most most people live for today. Mm-hmm. They want the new car. Yeah, you're it was my juice. That's right. People can hear you banging your juice there. Uh, pe- people want that that new car. They want that vacation. They want the stuff today. The adventures. I know. I have to a, create those memories. Yeah. We talked about Travel. Facebook. Actually, actually, Ali, uh, she was a host, and she actually said that sometimes Facebook can put pressure. She feels pressure sometimes to mm-hmm. be at that beach that that person mm-hmm. is taking a photo at. Or to to be at that restaurant of that photo of the plate or food yeah. that, that that they ate. We want it today. We want instant. Yeah, it's instant it's interesting. I I get it though. In some ways, uh, you know, I, I did a presentation recently about the ways in which we don't address the money issues and we sort of escape our reality. And a woman came up to me afterwards and she said she felt like we were speaking to her in the parts where we were talking about going on vacations and going on these trips when she knows she doesn't have the money, but yet she had a trip booked for the following week uh, to go away. And she came up to me and she goes, I don't think I should go. I think I should cancel my trip. Do you think I should cancel my trip? And I I said, I can't tell you. I would have said yes. You would have? Yes. I felt like she's like, I'll lose money if I cancel it for sure. Well, this is the thing. This is what I said to her because she felt she had a lot of guilt in her face. And I said, listen, instead of (laughs) – I said, if you're going to go – Try to enjoy it, but also, like, if it's a priority to you, it's not that building a financial plan isn't cutting out all the things that you spend money on, figuring out what's important to you, and then finding a way to make it work within your means. Yeah, but if she's going on a trip and she didn't have the money and doesn't have the money, why, why go? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. the point that we've made is start today. So if start today means that you actually have to lose maybe $100, but you save the, the 2000 or 3000 you would have spent. Right. Start today. Because if she doesn't, then she goes on a trip. It's like, wow, this is great. This feels good. I want to do it again. Right. Well, what if she uses that to motivate her? If, if, how if many travel people, is a value to her, she comes Marissa, back. Yeah. How many people have we come across that actually will take that as a motivating factor and, and change? And earn how the, many? the trip. Come on. Let's just be honest here. 
I feel like there are some doers out there that do that, that are connected with, okay, value or adventure is my, or pardon me, adventure and travel is my value and I will work to earn my ability to do that. We, because of our access to credit, because of our access to things without putting the cash forward, Mm -hmm. without having to earn it, we have access to everything and these trips at our fingertips without needing to earn it. So this world has made it too easy for us to not do what you just suggested. The one show... Money Assassins, one episode yeah. that we had that we that that we recorded, we actually talked about how easy it is. You know, we can go on, but we got six tips here. All right. Okay, I'm only going to. You want to jump into number one? We've I'm going to get right minutes. into number Let's one. Start number one. So, tip number one: How you can start building up that rainy day opportunity fund. Use your tax refund. So in Canada, because we are in Canada, so, so I'm going to just talk about, about Canada. 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 Numbers. Canada. <laughs> In Canada, <laughs> the average tax refund is more than $1,500, okay? So $1,500. So most people, just that simple point alone would have enough to actually start mm-hmm. and get going. Now, $1,500, if you, you said? Yes. $1,500. So if you are in a country where this is possible, because we know some countries where right, they don't tax have system is a little different, um, get started. Mm-hmm. Just this point alone. And I think that actually tax refunds, because in Canada here, April 30th was a deadline. I think in the U.S. it's similar. Um, but whatever it is for you, where you live and where you're listening in, just that alone can help you get started. How many people have we come across as, that have used their tax refund to pay off their debt or yeah, to fund but, a, a but trip or to thing. buy this furniture? This is the thing. Is how many people have we also met with that say that their intention when they get we, – we put it as part of their financial plan. We say that this tax refund, when it's get when you get it, we send it over to us and we'll put it in this tax savings account or whatever it oh, might be that it, it goes into the emergency fund. Out of fund. every 10 people, again – one Only person one. probably does it because, but then it's how much you can't micro, we, we can't micromanage. You're right on that. I'll give you that one. You're right. I'm right. See, we're both right. Happy. Uh, we can't micromanage these, you know, people and say, Hey, I'm going to no, handle you when you tip? get this. This is, a, this is why it's no, I know. I just, suggesting this. I think that if, if somebody wants to do this, create an accountability buddy in terms of if it's even a financial advisor sure. or a bank or, or somebody or write down that I will get this refund and the next day or the same day I will walk over to the bank or I will walk over to my financial advisor's office and I will give it to them. Call your financial advisor and say whatever amount I get. Us. Yeah, or call us. 1-800. No, I'm just joking. But yeah. So, but make sure that it's done because we people say they're going to do it all the time. They don't actually do it. I know we got to go on to a break, but I want to keep talking about this. I know we have five more tips. We started with the good one, your tax refund and what that could do for you to help build. It's a very simple, easy thing to do because it's money that's coming to you. And if you don't have an earmark for something, earmark it for savings. Yeah, I like it because it's what happens usually is people use it for a trip or something that they don't really need. And then the money's gone and they say, I don't know where the money went. Just send it right over. Okay. If so you did that every year. Well, you just said there, question that we have, should I pay off debt or save money? Let's answer that after the break. How do you feel about that? Of course. Of course. All right. I just want to tease everybody. We're going to go on to a break and we'll catch you on the other side. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? 
Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, today's show, we are focusing on and talking about building up a rainy day slash opportunity fund. And we just, before the break, we talked about uh, and went through tip number one, point number one, use your tax refund and using your tax refund to start up building up your rain day fund. So Melissa, uh, Marissa. 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 My name is Marissa. Yes. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Oh. Your name is Frank? <laughs> point number two. <laughs> oh, Franco. Point number two. Tried to buy nothing for a month. Whoa. Did you get freaked out? No, I, I, uh. Oh, you lost words. <laughs> Marissa's lost her words. That's a big one. <laughs> Melissa, make sure you tweet that. Marissa, for the first time ever, lost her words. Hang on. What Try do you mean by buy nothing, nothing for a month? month? What do you mean? Like, did, you mean did nothing? Did I shock you there? No, no, no. Like, nothing, like, like disposable, okay. like, well, like, or food. I don't expect people to take that literally. Okay. So, right. What, because we do have to eat. Mm-hmm. So, just what you're talking about, the point that you're making. Okay. So, out. necessities. But necessities. So just buying the necessities for a single month. And over the weekend, every week, on the weekend, usually Sundays, we do complete our budget for the week. And I was looking at uh, for the this, this remaining week of the month of May, and I'm just looking at the expenses. And over the weekend, we actually bought uh, a stroller. We walked into uh, a baby store or mm-hmm. or kids store and we were buying uh, these shoes that uh, my sister-in-law mm-hmm. she's expecting her first and in Taiwan they're crazy expensive so they're like half the price here so we bought them went in we we walked out with a new stroller with accessories for the strollers and I walked down going what happened what did happen I'm so confused this does not <laughs> sound like you did they give it to you as like, oh, you buy the slippers and you get the stroller free? I'm so confused. I wish it was free. I don't know it where this is going. didn't feel like free. So you bought it. We bought it. Why? 
Well, we were, when we go to You're to throwing Taiwan, yourself under the bus now. I know. I am throwing, <laughs> I'm using myself as an example. Uh, so when we go, we travel. And a couple of years ago, we bought uh, a double because mm-hmm. we got three kids. And and doesn't matter how old that they are. I'd say probably 10 and under. A little parents out there that have kids, you're walking around, you're going on vacation. And then I'm tired. Are we, you know, can we sit down? Can we stop? Or they just fall asleep. And then you end up carrying them. Now imagine if you're out in a city walking around and you're hours away from your hotel or, or a place that you're staying. Yes. And so we have the stroller. We brought one, but it was enormous. Like it was, it's huge and it wasn't functional. It didn't turn properly. So you bought in Asia, one of those really like compact. Well, we've always been bringing one. It's called an umbrella stroller. Okay. Right. <clears throat> and those are fantastic. But a couple of years ago, we brought this double one. Okay. And it was just a pain in the... Rear end. Okay. Can we say ass? Weird. I knew ass. you were going to say rear end to cover up ass. That's so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This, is, this isn't a. This I is think a, you. This is a, an adult show. So. An adult show. It was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> you get my point. Yes. So. Franco is lost for words. I'm lost for words. In Asia, if you traveled around, side, some places aren't sidewalks. If there are, really narrow because they. they they cram everything onto the sidewalk, especially if it's you know a shopping district. Yes. Everything's on the sidewalk. So you end up walking on the street. Not the safest thing. So these umbrella strollers, we didn't bring one. And we're like, well, we need a double stroller. It'd be much more convenient. It'd make our life a lot easier. Travel around. So I was walking by. My wife, she just grabbed the shoes. And then I'm, I'm just looking around. And then I looked at this double stroller. And then the salesperson jumped on the opportunity mm-hmm. yeah, and started talking about it. We testing out the kids, started getting in. We're like, well, and show me all the functions, the features. You can, you can move these two chairs around. You can configure it any way that you so want. you got sold on the shiny stroller. Is that where you're going? And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'd never do this. I didn't look at the price tag. What? I didn't look at the price tag. So you were that? And so, yeah. And then oh. finally I'm like, sold. I got so excited. I visualized what it would be like for us because we're going to Asia this summer. Yeah. What would it be like going around and imagining the kid, the, the, the kids were in there, they're pretending they're sleeping. I was like, wow, this is perfect. And it's super lightweight, lightweight. And I was folding it up. I was visioning myself going you to a are, bus. I, I can't get over how much information you just gave me about the stroller. Is this because you feel bad about buying the stroller or are you just validating, quite, quite validating excited the about decision? It. No, but, but it's point number two. Try to buy nothing for a month. I walked in <laughs> with no plan to buy something. And this is my point. Yeah. I'm sharing because we can walk anywhere. Now, I didn't have the cash to pay for it. I'm actually not going to share how much it was. Was it expensive? <laughs> <laughs> you just laughed. I take it it was. It was crazy. But you can value – it sounds like you've got a really good story as to why it was worth it. Well, the, the original store that we bought, the umbrella stroller that we bought like four years ago, five years ago, yes. it was like $300. It was just a single seat. So okay. you, you can imagine what this cost. Oh, my. But we've used – we brought to to Mexico. This is how much money I Taiwan. saved by not having children. We you know what? You, Step number, tip number seven. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm saying too much on this point here. But the point is that we can actually go anywhere, didn't have the cash, credit card made it easy, boom, done. So, but what are you saying? Leave your credit cards at home. Yeah. For someone who calculates everything, plans everything out ahead, yeah. doesn't randomly spend like that, it yeah. can happen to anybody. Oh, right. Of course. 
That's how the majority of the population ends up in debt because if we pull out our credit cards when the shiny stroller attracts us. Doesn't, Whatever that's stroller. That. I'm exactly. calling it a shiny stroller because, it, yeah, it's just so, metaphorically. So, try to buy nothing for a month. That's an interesting exercise, though. I will say you shocked me when you first said it. It's an interesting exercise in the sense that you can get a baseline amount. But what is the basic amount? If you go in and actually only buy the very bare necessities, you you know, you know, drink your tap water and you make as much as you can with the food that's as low-priced as possible, bare necessity style, and don't spend any extra money, you'll have a number when somebody says to you, what is it that you need a month? What do you actually need a month? You'll have your number. But I got to tell you, because I know my numbers, I actually went home and I was inputting into the budget. Yeah. And, I, and that shock was like, oh my goodness, what did I spend? Yeah. But what I immediately did is I started looking at ways I can save money to cover that cost. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I've already started this week, started processing and looking at ways I can cut out or cut down to actually pay for that yeah. within a month or two. Yeah. Huh. Because I know my numbers. Yeah. So you can actually still spend. But going back to knowing your numbers, I think that there's a knowing your numbers, what you think you need, like saying what your your exercise you're giving should give you if you do it properly, an actual number that you need. What you think you need and what you really need are two different numbers. A lot of us think we need that. I know I keep referencing the juice, but the cold-pressed juice and the kombucha and the, you know, whatever it is that you do as your treat, whether it's whatever kind of eating out food, et cetera, we think that's part of our needs list. Well, can you imagine avoiding shopping for 30 days? So like Beyond just food. Oh, I don't, not really a shopper, but it's the food and the juices. Uh, Fitness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably the food, the juices, the coconut you make water, home? Right. the kombucha. I right. buy now kombucha off a girl that makes it at home, and I just buy it from her directly. Um, but yeah, those little things are things that get me suckered. It's like tasty beverages and healthy, you know, health. It's usually like health fads of some sort. Um, but I, I oh, wouldn't say, costly. yeah, it's funny. Chris bought a bike on the weekend, and he spent so much time researching a bike, and he ended up getting it on Craigslist from someone. <laughs> I know. It's totally, as you're telling your story, I'm like, oh, my God. He, Chris's stro- stroller is his bike, and yeah. your stroller is his bike. And it was funny because I felt like afterwards he kept going on and on about how awesome it was, and he figured out that she put on these new rims, and he was like, oh, and she put this on, which is worth so much more, and it showed me the receipt for the MEC tune-up, and he was like, you know, it could have gone. He saw the same uh, bike that he got for 500 posted for 900 and he was and and extra validated his decision to be right in that like now he's making money off the bike right 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 <laughs> if i was to sell it i was like oh i totally get what you're doing i do it all the time um Absolutely. but i think i think it's not so much that those spendings are um bad i think it's just a matter of being you know within moderation within your means and making sure that you're that it's necessary. And I don't necessarily, no offense to you or Chris, but I don't think the stroller or the bike is necessary if you were going on that. If you were going on that, you know, only buy what's absolutely necessary for 30 days. No, both of you guys, I would have called you out on that. You're not in that plan right now. So you're, you know, you can go and spend your money on whatever you want. But it's, it's a good point in that we have so much accessible to us to tempt us all the time, whether it's the juice, whether it's the coconut water, which is in my situation, or whether it's the stroller or the bike. There are tempting things around us that you don't need Always. money for. You could just give a shiny card and have it swiped. I had no intention of buying a stroller. All right. I'm not. So point number three. Let's go for it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because we talked about using your tax refund. Try to buy nothing for a month. Now, can you, you know what it is? What should you do? It's right in front of you. Sell, Sell stuff. stuff. Sell 
stuff. Do garage sales, I was talking to my friend Tony about this on the weekend because he just had a garage sale and his partner was so excited. Um, they sold a bunch of stuff that, you know, would have gone in the, I, I donate a lot to just a thrift store. And uh, he, he was saying that they sold so much stuff at this garage sale, like tiny items for $10 here, $10 there, but it adds up. Add up. So No, absolutely. Uh, yard sales, consignment stores, or online sites like Craigslist. Mm-hmm. But just looking at what you have, you don't use, and actually going out there and selling it, decluttering. There's mm-hmm. something to be said about decluttering. Uh, but earning money, raising money, to so now you actually have it. Convert that into cash. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Converting those those things into cash that you can use. Yeah, I feel like everyone has. When I moved this last time, I remember seeing I had a whole storage locker that I had filled up with stuff that hadn't been moved in years that was just taking up space that I could have sold. And I ended up actually moving it. I I got rid of a lot of it, donated a lot of it, and then some of it I actually moved to my new place and then sold it from my new place, Hmm. uh, which I was laughing. I was was like, I just paid to have this stored for years. (laughs) It's funny. If you ask how many people have storage lockers with stuff that's never going to be used again, How much money could you have saved? Actually, calculate. How much was it per year? Uh, the storage locker? Yeah. Uh, it was $80 a month. Oh, eight? <laughs> did you wow. not expect that? Oh. So that's 960 Okay. So that's 960 How many years did you have it? Uh, three years. So that's 27 That's, that's, that's 28 Just round up. $3,000. Yeah. It's about $3,000. $2,880. Yeah, for a storage locker. I know my condo smokes. that I own didn't have a storage locker, so I had to rent one. But imagine if you had sold it. You would, have had, you would have saved that money. Yeah. And you would have had The whatever. money that I sold the items for. Isn't that crazy? Well, but it's not. It's, it's actually. I wouldn't be surprised That's if a nuts. lot of people listening have stuff that they've stored in okay, a storage locker that you know. And don't, I don't think it's justifiable, car, even if the storage locker doesn't cost anything. Why are you holding on to it? Right. Why? Unless well, it's a different unless show. it's yeah, you're right. Unless it's like family photos or something like that with an actual memory to it. Sure. You know, an, an air conditioner that was collectible car from my old place that is not going to be things set that up you again. collect, you um, enjoy, you go right. down, you look at them, brings you pleasure. Yeah. Chris has a Darth Vader. Piece of art no. that I'm really concerned Are you about. <laughs> yeah. He tried to put it up, uh, but now he's posted what? it on Craigslist what? for quite a lot. Yes, he likes Star Don't Wars. Tell me that you forced him to. No, I didn't. I didn't force him. He offered oh. to when did he look, realized. Did you give him the look? No, but a what Darth Vader uh, painting. It's like a huge painting. I'll put. I'll put a Can't photo up. Sell it? Why? Oh, no. You're in support? <laughs> oh, no. Let's move on to step number Chris. four. <laughs> we'll talk, Chris. <laughs> I think if you can no, make can money you off. Fi- finish what you were going to say. No, but what I was going to say is the Darth Vader painting, although awesome that it's a Darth Vader painting, which, I mean, to me, I don't have the same connection to it. It's a lot of you, like I can see in your face right oh, now. Darth Vader. Yeah, I'm not, I, I wasn't a Star Wars kid. So I don't have that same. So to me, it's just a painting, but it's going to sit in the storage because it, I mean, without sounding totally not nice, I don't really want it up as a piece of art because that sounds horrible, doesn't it? Does he have his own room? No, own but I, mean, that could, I guess technically you could save it for a day where we have a bigger place and he has his own space. And you have like stuff like that and Star Wars memorabilia all up in that space. Right now it's sorted around the house. So Got like it. I'll look at a piece of art in the top corner if you look up high. There'll be like a Pez, Darth Vader Pez dispenser on top of it. And then on top of the mirror there's like a little Starship Trooper thing. Oh. So he's hidden them around the house. Right on. Good idea. Buy a bigger house, <laughs> get a spare room, put all your Star Wars memorabilia in it. Tip number five. Okay. Tip, <laughs> no, no. Tip number four. You're skipping. Four. Number four. Save your change. Save okay. your change. 
Do you come across change? Yeah. What do you do with it? I usually, I have a jar on top of my fridge. Yeah. Uh, and I put it in the jar. Okay. And then I use it to do stuff with. Yeah. Or groceries. How much or, do you think that you save from there? Or you just take it out every month? Uh, it never really accumulates. Mm. Every once in a while it gets to like... Take it out. $10 and then I use it to go to the store. Okay. Um, well, in our household, mm-hmm. every December, January, mm-hmm. uh, we actually take them out, even with the kids, with their piggy banks. We actually fold them up and then bring them to the bank. So we actually get the kids to bring their change all rolled up to wow. the bank and deposit. But Carrie and I, we have the same thing, a little jar, and every time we have change, we put it in. And actually, it's about $400 a year. Wow. And what we do is we then we just give it to the kids, or we just use it ourselves, Carrie and I, but four hundred dollars just from change. What do you think people normally do with their change? They just well, when you have change in your in your jeans, I mean, I don't know, like people actually have change in their pants anymore, or in their wallets mm-hmm. or a purse. Yeah, but I've seen people actually just it almost seems like they just want to get rid of it. I actually have found quarters on the ground. It used to be pennies. Yeah. Now I find quarters on, on even loonies. Yeah. Sorry, that's in Canada. Looney. That's a dollar. Yeah. We have coins. But on the ground and and actually I've seen people just walk over it. It's like they don't care anymore. Wow. I am there I am picking it up. <laughs> I would love I would love to see you picking up a loony from the floor. I found a quarter actually a couple of weeks ago at the park and I was like all excited. That's it's a quarter. Um, you only need about a thousand 5000 maybe you know, 10000 to pay for the stroller. I'm glad I haven't I haven't desensitized that's right. I haven't desensitized myself. Right. I like, think that's I, important. I feel, I feel happy that I haven't been become desensitized that just find you a quarter that oh, just a quarter. Yeah. But what can I do? You add it up and throughout the year. I mean that's how we accumulate about $400. So go out there, check out your your sofas, go into your car. Oh my god, I love it when I find change under my sofa. Isn't that awesome? It's so it feels so exciting, even though it's my money. Now right? imagine at the end of the year, I feel you like I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel like you're winning. Yeah, I feel like I'm winning my own money, but it's my money, so it doesn't really make sense. Kind of neat. But it does feel fun when you find it, right? It's kind of like when you it find really a twenty dollar bill and an old pair of pants, and you're like, "Yeah, I just found money. It was my money to begin with." I know. I know but we have rocks. to. I know we have to go on to break, but I like this conversation. Can we? Uh, we have another minute. We can go on to number five and um, to sum up on the sell stuff, just to see if you're in support of me. Are we summing up that the Darth Vader poster should be sold or not sold? Mm. Would you say? I would have that conversation with Chris. Okay. I would ask him, saying, "Chris, are you selling it because we're together and we're living together now, or are you selling it because you want? You the just money? want to get rid of it? Yeah. Yeah." I would yeah, have maybe a, he also know, doesn't see I that. I think he would appreciate it if yeah. you actually did that. Yeah. Because I think as couples, as we come together, we dismiss yeah. the other person's you know, thoughts around something, yeah. emotional attachment or yeah. whatever it may be. And I think he would tell you straight up. And I would even say to him, look, just don't tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. Just tell me what exactly how you feel about it. Okay. I then he'll get that. to a point where maybe he just wants to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, as a joke, put it up while he's away because he's away today. So I was going to put it up so that when he There's comes home. There's danger behind that because then, then what if he's he like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. She supports it. <laughs> I don't support it. All right. We're going to break. Not that I don't support it. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. You, you should talk to him. You're right. Okay. When we go, when we get back, we'll talk about step five and six. Okay. And, and while we're going to break, I encourage everybody to, to start writing down how they can actually implement some of these things. So we'll see you on the other side.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. And uh, before the break, I asked you to pull out a piece of paper and a pen and or even your laptop or your iPad and start writing down how you can start implementing these things. And hopefully, hopefully we're giving you some pointers that you can actually start to take and put into practice. Although I will say, I've, I've listened to a few speakers recently, uh, motivational and different goals speakers, and talking about the importance and uh, the effectiveness of actually writing down with a pen and paper. And a lot of us don't do that anymore. It's so automated. But there is a different connection with it when you actually physically write it with a pen. Mm. So, I mean, I'm going to try it for some specific things that he uh, recommended. He was talking about waking up and writing out your goals, et cetera, which I think is great. But I've before used my phone. I'm going to try for a few weeks to write things down with with a pen and paper and see if it goes into apparently you internalize it more. So, absolutely, just a tip. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just like with reading. Just like reading, I I can't cross over to the other side. Oh, the audiobooks. Well, no, those I like, but the Kindle or the eBooks, I just, I I just don't get the same connection. I love unfolding. I love the paper. The paper. Reading it like that. I agree. It's a different experience. All right, let's get right into step five. Uh, Yes, point number five. So we've went through and discussed. Using your tax refund. Mm-hmm. Point number two, try to buy nothing for a month. Mm-hmm. What's point number three, Marissa? Sell stuff like Darth Vader paintings. <laughs> right. <laughs> and before the break, joke, joke point to all four, Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> Save your change. Save your change. Now, point number five. 
Review your bills. I know you like this one. I love you this went one. Right into this because I came in with that ICB my 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 yeah, driver's sure. license check this morning. So excited! Yeah, story. Well, What's the story? I went to renew my driver's insurance, and I've been paying this amount, the same amount for I had this car for three and a half years, and or pardon me, four years. So I went in at the four year mark to renew my insurance and asked him why I'm not getting this discount anymore. And he said, you should be getting the discount. So he adjusted it, and it was uh, about $920 less for the year. So I said, great. That's not a small amount. Yeah, so this is an amount that I wouldn't have gone had I not asked him. That's an airline the ticket. The automated amount, the amount back was, you know, a certain whatever. And they told whatever it was, it was $900 more. And, and I, they had given me that amount for, for the past four years. And I had I asked the people, but they didn't really look into it. I asked them, can I get this discount? And they said no. And I, I just accepted it for face value, paid it. And then now this man who there was nobody standing in line behind me, he had some free time. He's like, let me look into it. Let me look into why this hasn't been approved on your thing for the past four years. He took about 10 minutes, called like somebody in the higher up department. I waited I'm so glad I had time to wait because he ended up saying that they're going to refund me for the past four years, that it was a mistake. That and and we took the time at that point to go through, you know, the fine print and it was a mistake. I got a check in the mail this morning for thirty eight hundred dollars for thirty eight thirty two. Three thousand eight hundred and thirty two dollars. That is an incredibly large amount. Yeah. For a mistake that had I not inquired about, had I not challenged a bit paying. or looked at the details of the bill. I would have never received. Well, not even that I would have kept paying. I would have kept paying $900 extra a year and never had uh, got recouped my 3800 Did they so, pay interest on that? No. I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers in this situation. Oh, no, like, no, no. I'm, gonna, I'm just... Totally. So, I thought about so it. So that like, money, you I'm going to ask them for interest on my money. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, you could no, maybe push sure. a little bit more, but I mean, the, the opportunity lost on that. Well, for sure that, that exists. $1,000 a month average. Bigger picture, I yeah, 100%. But there's also how many areas of our life are we paying that extra dollar without knowing we're paying the extra dollar? Cell phone bills, I remember once I Absolutely. looked at it in detail when I first started looking in detail, there were so many things on there that were incorrect. And then I would so call would trim? I would call Rogers, which is my food, my food, <laughs> my cell phone supplier. And I remember once they kept me on hold for like 30 minutes and then transferred me another 20 minutes on hold with their music in, in the background and then another 10 minutes to transfer. And then they finally refunded me after me having to explain it to all four people that they transferred me to. They refunded me, you know, like $25 or $30. Once it was $150, but I was calling back was every month. Mm-hmm. Sometimes anywhere between 150 to like $20. For a while, I was having to call every month. And then I remember on the last call being like, guys, I'm exhausted with having to – I don't want to have to look detailed at every bill. And then I, I remember hitting a month once where I, I myself was like, I don't want to call. Like I don't want to be waiting on hold. I don't want to be doing that. And I thought to myself, how many people do that? Where we just don't want to deal with the stress of calling the one eight hundred number, going through the eight different you know people that you have to be transferred to, and asking for them to review your bill. So we just take the bill, even though we're like, okay, I was expecting a phone bill for approximately a hundred dollars, and it's one hundred seventy, and then we just say, oh, screw it, I'm just going to pay it. There's a ton of people that do that because the companies don't make it easy for us really to fight it or to argue why it's not correct. If we all did that, I like your point number five. If we all did that, we paid attention to these details, we asked for the discounts, um, 
yeah, I mean, I think it's like the coupon for my shoes I just ordered. I ordered those shoes online and searched because it said coupon code, and I searched coupon code for Vivo Barefoot, and and it came up twenty dollars right there. And I just inputted the word. It took me three seconds to Google, maybe sixty seconds. There's a lot of money left on the table. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. We, if we actually took the time, if we actually took the time every single month. I actually make it a habit. Well, I review every bill. I don't file it or pay it until I'm satisfied with it. But every six months, I actually go through all my bills and to see what can I cut down. Yeah, but then you're going to have people argue also the opposite, which I could argue as well. Which is, where, which is what is the value of your money or of your time? Pardon me. What is the value of your time? Well, let me calculate. So if I can save myself a hundred dollars, just yeah. an example, every single year times ten years, that's a thousand dollars. Right. That to me is something that I want to teach my kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I understand what you're saying. It's just like with I'm just if playing I was devil's to, advocate, right? You know, uh, clean up my yard or the garden. Um, if I, you know, if I pay somebody hundred dollars and I can, and that takes them a whole day, but you know, I can earn more than that right. in a day, as an example. Well, it's better for me to to work and to hire somebody to do that. Um, but if I actually want the exercise or if I actually want to teach my kids, you know, take care of responsibility of your own place, th- th- I think there's more to it, mm-hmm. you know, greater thought into that. Right. So I, but I get I, what you're saying. I see how the value of doing it is greater than the value of the, the value. I'm going to rephrase this. The value of doing the, the habit. habit, the value of, of looking at the details, details, the value of of sorting through the lines of the bill is greater than the actual monetary savings value. Bingo. Love it. I like it. You sold me on number five. Let's move on to number six. Perfect. Well, I got to tell you, because with my the cable, I still have cable. For those of you that are laughing, going, you got cable. Funny. I was actually thinking the other night, I kind of miss cable sometimes. So I'm not I actually Okay. This is where I'm at. Yeah. So over the last five years, yeah. I was my bill at one point got up to about $100. I brought it down to $78. Okay. Do you know how much it is right now? $28. $98 now. <laughs> it has crept up through digital standard fee, through um, digital fees and all this other stuff. And I've been reducing the package. Yeah. Funny. And I'm, I'm, for me, the hassle of having to switch or change something, it's like, well, I've got, okay, I'm okay. I'll try to bring it down. But in terms of completely getting rid of it and moving to something else, that to me is where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. But I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm frustrated about it. I'm actually considering going to just Netflix. Yeah, well, and the Apple and TV it. is a hundred bucks. You buy the Apple TV piece. I actually have an extra one, so if you want it, I'll give it to you. Okay, we'll talk after. Yeah, the show. but it's a hundred bucks, but, and then you just pay like seven ninety nine a month, and you've got everything on Netflix and and Apple. Isn't TV. that see that? Isn't it crazy? Yeah, but but this is a different show, not this show. But I mean, I think there's danger for those cable companies out there, which is great. These companies have disrupted the service, and it's mm-hmm. going to bring down the cost in the future, but. They just don't get it. Right. But as consumers, I think we have – if we're trying to do this, we're trying to set cash aside. It's our responsibility to pay attention to those things and make those decisions on what services we do pay for or not. Internet now, people I know have cell phone, internet. They got home, internet. And they got probably with, let's say, three cell phones in the household, internet plans. Right. And so you got four internet plans that you're paying for that's probably maybe $200 a month. Is it, is it necessary? Maybe you have a family plan. You share – 
the data. Love how riled up you get about this. I'm this is great. Nuts in this. <laughs> no, I, I think you have some good points. I think you have some good points. And I think we talk about this all the time when people are like, I have no money, but they're paying for, you know, the expensive phone, TV, everything. Um, cable, is it necessary if you said to somebody only spend money on what's necessary this well, month? Well, point number two, right? Put your cable on hold, you know? Absolutely. How, how committed, how much do you want this? How badly do you oh. want this? Oh, there is such an point. amazing feeling you that you get from knowing that you have six months income set aside if God forbid something happened and you needed it, if you lost your job. The value of that amazing feeling should be worth putting your cable on hold for six months. I agree. Moving on to step number six. Point number six. I can't believe the show. Every single week I say this. I know. Show We're almost is there. almost okay. over. Point Four number more six. minutes. Let's make them good. Well, <laughs> make it automatic. Point number six. Take uh, number six. Make it automatic. Set up an automatic transfer from your savings account into an investment account. $100 a week. What do you think it equates to? Well, if there's 52 weeks a year, then that's $5,200 a Thank year. you for staying up. Add in some interest. <laughs> to, you know, you do is that, that. Is that crazy? You know, that's $100,000 in like $5,200 in one year. That's how much? Uh, say about a hundred thousand in say sixteen, seventeen years, depending on what interest rate you use as growth. Did that take you? Up? Was it painful to set aside? No, and a week? people are like, you meet with a lot of people who haven't started savings yet, and they think, when am I going to get to having saved up a hundred thousand? It's a, such a small amount. You talk about a hundred a week. So or so yeah. make it automatic. Make it make automatic. Make it automatic. Yeah, so that you never touch. You never, you know, actually you take the money and use it. Similar to how we say in step number one. Um, to actually just have the refund go directly to your financial advisor. Absolutely. Get, make it as least as little temptation Create for yourself as possible. Yeah, a system. Yeah. So, all right, I like these. These are good. These are implementable. You know what I love about this? This is implementable for everybody. You could be, you know, struggling with debt, but still, we talk about all the time, you still need to pay yourself first. You still need to take care of starting that savings plan. Um, you know, it could be for somebody who's making a lot of money. All the numbers are just a little bit higher, but it's proportional. And all of these things should be implemented. It doesn't matter how much you're making. You still need to pay attention to the details. So step, can I, can I re, recoup or not, what, not recoup, what's the word, summarize? I'm going to just go back step, six steps. I am losing my ability to speak right now and your face is making me laugh. Step number one, use your tax refund. So going back, average tax refund, $1,500 right away, give it to somebody, invest it. That's it. Step number two, try to buy nothing for a month. Nothing so, for a month. Nothing for a month challenge. I like this. I actually think we should do it. Let's do it. Uh, wait, you know what? And I, we'll, we'll I was report. kidding. We'll take we'll take. <laughs> no, we'll take five uh, minutes at the beginning of each show, okay. each episode, and we'll update. Do you know Starting what's funny? Tomorrow. You know what's funny? I just went into, I want to start on Monday because I've got like a run on Saturday and I want to eat it out oh after my, my run. What an excuse. Okay, fine. I know. We'll start See, next but Monday. I did it. I did it. You know, Starting, most oh, people are like, I'll start my diet on Monday. We just did it. We'll start next Monday. Okay. Save that money. See what you actually need. Step number challenge. three, sell stuff. Sell those, you know, those old pieces of and follow art. Us, even follow if it's not Twitter. Star Wars. We'll keep you updated on Twitter on <laughs> yeah. how it's going. On how we're selling. So sell stuff. Use it. Yeah, don't store it. Don't pay for storage. Step number three. No, or number tip four. Number three, four, save your change. Save your change. Step number five, review your bills. Get all the details. Ask for discounts. Hey, and look for coupons. Remember? Yes. That $20 with that shoe was we worth tweet out 60 some seconds. Of those sites. I agree. And step number six, make it automatic. Create it automatic. your monthly savings, bi-weekly savings, weekly savings. Have it automatically taken out of your account and go into that investment. Those are the six tips for everybody to start accumulating Absolutely. a uh, rainy welcome, day fund or emergency fund, and whatever we welcome you want to call your, it. And we welcome your, your feedback, your stories. We want to hear from you. Tell us. Share. 
how you actually create yeah. a day fund. Yeah, if somebody has better tips, we're open to making these 10. You know, if somebody has, somebody's implemented one of the ones that we're recommending and they think it's ridiculous, give us feedback. We're open to it for sure. You can email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. What I want is people to challenge us. Challenge That's us. what I want. You want a challenge. I want, I love challenge. I'll challenge you. Now. Next week. On Conversations with, with money. money. Marissa challenges Franco. <laughs> <laughs> we'll arm wrestle. Now, we thank you for, for tuning in, listening in, and we, we enjoy having you with us. Um, and hopefully today we're able to pick up some pointers and some tips on how you can build up the rainy day fund. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. And in the meantime, have, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. Music.